Hope you're having an awesome day. Uh, so this is the third part in our series on the art and science of change and tra change and transformation. So uh, we started off really looking at reasons why people uh, are challenged, struggle with making changes. You know what prevents it for a lot of people. What makes it easier for some? And uh, looked at some tools on how at least the most successful people on the planet view it as change, viewing it as that little four-year-old, right? Wanting what they want. They don't even think about uh, change. They're just focused on what they want. Uh, and so last time we looked more at habits, you know, being just these neural bundles that are wired over time, right? Grooves in a record. Uh, and we can't wire things out. We can't wire old software or uninstall old mental software out, but we can install new habits. We can install new uh, mental software, right? New neural bundles. And um, also looking at some of the science behind it, our classic change or die example, where really your stuckness, um, if that's a challenge of yours, makes sense because even when faced with death, Studies show uh, only one out of 10 people will actually make a change in one of three significant areas, uh, stress, reduction, um, exercise, and diet for coronary bypass patients, for example, um, only one out of 10 change. But then Dr. Dean Ornish implementing some great strategies with a group of his patients that had an eightfold increase in success where uh, they he gave him a massive support system, had him sign a contract, gave him individual coaching. And then the third thing that we looked at was taking massive radical approaches to our change versus the incremental approach. It's a common misnomer, um, an old belief, if you will, that the baby step approach is more effective um, to changing habits versus taking massive radical uh, leaps, right? So now that you have some tools, now that you understand these change and transformation dynamics differently for you, uh, you're going to take a massive radical approach. Uh, you might even be in motion already. How do we maintain that? How do we maintain the success that we're having because one of the things we looked at is you know a lot of these challenges with change happens initially you know uh, once you're out of your comfort zone once you're you know in this unpredictable place you're gonna say new sentences you're gonna take a new action you're gonna have you know different results happening one of which is failure that we talked about by law if you're taking more action, taking different actions that you're not used to, you're going to fail more. It's just a law. Um, and why, you know, most people run an equation that says failure is bad. I don't like failure. Um, you know, failure's evidence that I'm a failure. I suck. Something's wrong with me versus an, uh, another equation that could be empowering. Um, so we have our classic peekaboo street tool. 
or if you don't remember who Peekaboo Street is, uh, Lindsey Vaughn is more the more current athlete. But Olympic skiers, right? When either of them, uh, when their skis hit the top of Vail Mountain, or any mountain for that matter, by law, who has fallen more than anyone on the mountain? Remember, gold medal Olympic skiers... Who's fallen more, do you think, out of anyone on the mountain the moment their skis hit the top of the mountain? I know some of you already know the answer. Well, you're jumping ahead a little bit, but... uh. Sorry. It's fine. Who's fallen more than anyone on the mountain? Them or someone else on the mountain? Did I did did I hear you answer that question, Colette? Well, the Olympic skiers have. I did answer it. Okay. I didn't. I didn't hear hear that first part. Yeah, um, yeah, they've fallen more. Why? Because they're they're the ones pushing their limits, right? They're the ones that have, you know, not only had the most falls because they're going at speeds that are way out of, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the population's comfort zone. Therefore. Uh, yeah, not only are they going to have more falls, they're going to have the worst falls. I mean, you've seen maybe some of the footage of Peekaboo Street or, you know, Lindsey Vaughn's catastrophic falls. I mean, they're horrific, right? I mean, it's like, how do they even live after something like that? But yeah, they're going at very uncomfortable speeds. And, you know, so it's back to our Eleanor Roosevelt quote, failure is not the opposite of success. It's integral to, it's required. And the greater success that you want, the greater failure is required to get there because failure has value. You learn from it. You learn how much you can push the edge, how fast you can actually go down that mountain. And that's how they get to those elite levels, right? They, And not only do they you know, learn how to get those speeds, but they learn how to fall better, right? Um, they learn how to manage failure better. So they run different equations around <clears throat> failure. And as Colette alluded to, um, speed, which we're going to talk about here in a second. But I'm bringing this up because you'll see here it's listed as a barrier, barrier number two. There's a few of the common ones that we cover in the introductory um videos, the introduction to the system here, that are common barriers to maintaining momentum, common um, ways that people, you know, sabotage, right, their transformation or their success, um, sabotage new software, because the minute that it doesn't work, the minute that they experience a failure, it's like, whoa, pump the brakes here, you know, I'm not sure about this. This is this is way too uncomfortable. I, I, yeah, I get that it's going to be uncomfortable, but this failure, yeah, I don't know if I can I can deal with this um, this amount of risk. So, 
and I get the common question, is this a law of attraction? Is this a manifestation for more failure? No, um, that's not the point. It's an acknowledgement of, it's, it's just, it is what it is. It's part of the equation. That failure is a, is, um, a, a piece of this. What is this a, actually a law of attraction for? Because it's not about, it's not even about not falling, right? It's not our away pattern of how do we not spill milk? What's the towards pattern focus and attraction? What's their focus and attraction, Colette? Their focus is on speed. Correct. Down the hill. Correct. Yeah. How can I get down this mountain as fast as humanly possible? So when we cover this this peekaboo street tool, it, we always cover um, sabotage as well because why this is different from why sabotage is different even from falling and failure and you want to rethink you know what this means for you and here's the metaphor you know the very first thing and you'll see here you know when you're in over your head or you're on a uncomfortable part of the mountain maybe it's your first black diamond you point your ski tips downhill what's the very first thing that happens Anyone? Very first thing that happens. You might fall. No, we have a, you might fall, even before that. You ever came out of your fears? No. We ha I don't know if they can hear you. She said, overcome your fear. No, it's, and don't think too hard about this. What happens when you point your ski tips downhill? <laughs> and yeah, when you fast. start, yeah, you, you go fast. Speed. Speed picks up. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh no, am I in over my head? What have I done? This is scary. This is risky. This is dangerous. So more speed than you're comfortable with. Then the next thing that happens. So typically I have people say, well, I, you know, start to break or I start to carve or no, that's the second thing that happens because, okay, speed's picking up. I'm going to try to stop, carve, and speed is still continuing to pick up. And more speed, more braking, more carving, even more speed, you know, in that fastest, that, that one moment where it gets to a point where, you know, your heart's racing, adrenaline is is through the roof, way too uncomfortable, boop fall over as a breaking strategy or you just you know completely come to a halt right you don't maintain the speed but most just will intentionally fall over as a way to break and carve this is not a failure this is a strategy it's an old software old you strategy for safety and comfort Right? Try to prevent an even more catastrophic failure or fall. So how do we, you know, fall in life? What does this look like? How does sabotage occur? Well, it's procrastination. 
right? Not being on time, not making the calls we should, forgetting to write, you know, hurrying a response, leaving an important information out in in an email, you know, it's not, it's not a, a level 10 effort where you're maintaining the speed and because of that speed, you know, something unintentional happened where it's like, man, I, I fell, I, I learned from this. I, you know, whatever the lesson is in the failure, that's where we have, and I wish I could write, um, (laughs) that's where we find the Eleanor Roosevelt rule, right? We find lessons in growth from the failure. We don't grow in those moments where we intentionally boop, fall over, sabotage our speed. Because we don't we don't get to discover our limits. We don't get to, get to discover what our edge is. Therefore, there's no growing lesson. And so, you know, as we like to joke, what, what do most blue slopers do when they get done at the end of the day and they're in the opera ski lounge having their you know happy hour beverage what are they what are they saying oh man i had a great day i didn't fall i didn't fall once awesome day well did did you grow as a skier or snowboarder um so you know this is why children back to the four-year-old unlimited raw version haven't hasn't been programmed in yet to you know avoid failure they're just bombing down the mountain ah! they don't care and then, and then they have you know yard sale and you run up to them and they're like and what do most parents do by the way when they have a yard sale get upset yeah what are they saying to them Oh my God, are you okay? Are you hurt? I'm like, oh, give me a kiss. Versus what if you went up and you you said, dude, dude, that that was awesome. Oh my God, did you see see yourself? That was, and they're like, yeah, it was pretty cool, wasn't it? And then, you know, they wipe their tears away and they're back to bombing it down the mountain, right? So, you know, they don't sabotage. They are skiing out of control. They're learning to break and carve at higher speeds, and they have a blast doing it. So, you know, what does speed look like? Turning reports on time, level 10 efforts, which I'm going to cover here in a moment. Picking up the phone, making the calls, timely, thorough, you know, no matter what the consequences are, not even thinking about how could I avoid failure in this moment, you're just maintaining speed, deciding on speed, committing to it, integrating that into your life, and seeing how fast you can go. And so I mentioned, you know, level 10 efforts. Here's a way to think about this. Again, back to the the four-year-old. Everything they do in life is at a level 10. They they aren't shortchanging everything. They laugh at a 10, cry at a 10, play at a 10. Everything, they're just enjoying the heck out of life. Even when they've had, you know, a long day, 
at the park with the other kids. They're in their back seat and they're, you know, passed out. And they, you lift their arm up and just they're just passed out sleeping at a 10. They're resting at a 10. You know, they're watching TV apathetically at a 10. Everything is a total immersed experience for them. And our metaphor for this is the Mach 1 tool. So when you think of Chuck Yeager, legendary pilot, when he first broke the sound barrier, you know, first of all, they didn't even think it was possible. They thought the plane was going to disintegrate in midair. They didn't even know what a sonic boom was. When it happened, they were like, oh my God, he's dead. The plane exploded. And then sure enough, the plane's streaking across the sky. And if you have never seen this, go Google this video. You can see the footage from the cockpit. You know, as you are approaching Mach 1 speed, here's what happens. You know, initially, and with the newer technology, the newer jets, it doesn't actually do this anymore. But with the older ones, with the X1, um, it, it wasn't, they didn't design it. They didn't know, they didn't have the technology um, to deal with this but in Mach 0.7 there you're in 70% of sonic energy and 30% escaping and as you approach Mach 1 you're 0.99 you're in 90% of the sonic energy the you'll you'll see in the video the cockpit starts violently shaking i mean it does look like the plane's going to fall apart and then all all of a sudden boom You've escaped the sonic energy. It's now 100% behind you. And everything smooths out. It gets peaceful. The There's no, no even sound. So if you travel faster than the speed of your bullshit, as we like to say, which you go back to the examples, reasons or ways that you you know, sabotage, and then we'll make excuses. We'll tell, oh, I'm so busy. I'm busy, busy, busy. And, oh, I've got so much going on. And, you know, we'll make excuses as to why we can't do this level 10 life because most are focused on how do I avoid failure? Going Mach 1, man, I, I don't know if I can deal with that. That sounds crazy. That sounds, um, that sounds, you know, unattainable, um, unmanageable, right? So when you think of this metaphor, life at a seven, it's really hard. You know, you have even, you know, you have these things holding you back, you know, old software, stories, programs, barriers, right? And we'll tell a story as to what's going on, why this is so hard. Level eight, even harder. Uh, and life at a 9.9, metaphorically it's virtually impossible you can't sustain it 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 will feel so out of control once you get this and live life at a 10 mach 1 mach 3 even you know legendary pace it gets easy it smooths out you you, you don't you're not even making excuses or trying to you know justify the old programs the old patterns all four-year-olds get this. They know this. They do all of this at a 10. So when you want to talk about maintaining your trajectory, maintaining your momentum, 
this is, is a great tool and a metaphor to think about. What does level 10 look like for you? What does speed look like for you in your life? And then the last thing I, I want to cover is really coming back to re-anchoring the excitement around whatever it is that you're pursuing, you know, because you're going to implement change. You're going to transform your habits or your way of being for a reason, some outcome. Well, do you get excited about it? Is there goosebumps behind it, behind your vision? You know, is that what keeps you inspired and motivated? Right? Back to the four-year-old. They're just focused on what they want. They like this toy, they get sick of it, they're on to the next toy. They want what they want, you know. Yes, this can be difficult at times, but when you have a great I have a dream speech, for instance, one of our classic tools, a dream about what you're creating and you have that wired in your nervous system that boom, anytime that you catch yourself in a half empty place or, you know, an unexcited, uninspired place that you can cue this, you can do this immediately. We talked last time, you know, with installing habits, repetition and intensity. How do you prime an intense moment? Do you engage your body? Do you work out? Do you put great music on? Right? Using the body is a great pathway, a, a gateway to trigger, you know, a better feeling for you. But trust the science here, trust the tools, trust the process, trust your heart as to where it's guiding you. And, you know, all these tools are just there to, to support and supplement you and help you navigate these challenges that come with change and transformation and, you know, maintaining your speed at a level 10.